Three, two, one. I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, silence the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. Hey, 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 hey. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shanti Das, the host of the Silence the Shame podcast. Welcome to episode 39. And boy, this going to be a good one. Divorce and depression. I think this is something that everybody can relate to. And I got to bring in uh, the one and only, my co-host, Free the Vision. Hello, Free. What up, Shanti? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I can't complain. Well, you got that hair popping in a quarantine, homie. I love it. Berries, grunted out of berries. I tell you what, I need to, I need a little gray. I got that gray action going on. That's like I'm gonna remedy that this week. But uh <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on a serious note, how you doing? You good, free? I'm doing good. I really am. Good, good, I good. Know. Well, next, um, I'm gonna introduce uh a, a young lady that really needs no introduction. Y'all know her in the silence shame family. She is one of our go-to clinicians and and one of the reasons why we can do the work that we do and she was one of our heroes this year when we had the Bloomingdale's campaign in Atlanta let's re-welcome someone I love although I know I'm on the list because I haven't talked to her in a while but she knows I love her and will be there for her day and night if I if, if she needed me let's welcome Dr. Adrian hey how's everybody doing thank you for having me and um you know, you are not on the list because I already know that uh, we are all doing life the best way that we can. So I get it. I get it. So thank you for having me here for a very necessary conversation on divorce and depression. I feel like an expert on this one for sure. And 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 I'll be honest, we were talking about it and Free was like, Dr. Adrian, I was like, oh my gosh, why not even like this conversation? Yeah. If there was a conversation to include Dr. Adrian, this one is it from a personal and professional perspective. So welcome and we're, we're grateful to have you. Absolutely. And last but not least, uh, this young lady, which is a one of my dear friends and closest friends and the reason why I had my career prior to Silence to Shame, um, and also one of our board members of Silence to Shame, Yes, yes, she is one of the best board members we have. Uh, I, okay, yeah, I said it publicly. It's okay. We, we, we love her to death because she does so much to support us. But this is, I think, a conversation that's near and dear to her heart, too. So let's give a warm silence of shame. Welcome to Dee Dee Murray. Hey, everybody. Hey, what <laughs> up, Dee Dee? Hey, I also love those might know her as Peaches from the first Outcast album, but that's hey, another hey, podcast hey, and another day. Hey, player, this Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, y'all, oh. in the interest of time and everybody's schedule, we are going to jump right into this conversation because it really is a serious and an important conversation. Mm-hmm. So, I want to start with you, Didi. Um, do you think, did you think rather that you would ever, ever have to go through the divorce process? And how hard was that experience for you as a wife and a mother? Yeah, um, going into the going into marriage, we never planned divorce. Right. It's just not in the in the forethought at all. You go into marriage thinking that we're gonna be together forever till death do us part, <laughs> until you know. <laughs> 
somebody tries to cause y'all cause your death so you can part <laughs> you know um so no I never thought that I would be divorced when I got married and it was very hard as a wife and a mother and a business person because not only was I a wife and a mother I ran my ex-husband's business mm. a successful music business so you know I not only had to divorce him but I had to divorce my occupation I had to divorce my livelihood. Yeah. I had to, had to cut the ties so that I could have some mental sanity mm-hmm. because it was just there was just too many lines that were blurred. Yeah. And for me, I had to I, I had to have a clean cut mm-hmm. in order for me to maintain my mental sanity for my children mm-hmm. and to have some mental sanity for my own self. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you, Dr. Adrian, that same question, but as someone with a, from a lived experience and taking your therapist hat off. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, even though we are one in the same, uh, you know, going through divorce, as Didi said, it's not something that you sign up for and being uh, Catholic, raised, I am a cradle Catholic. So I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school. And so you are taught that divorce is not an option. You don't get divorced, you get married. And so Mm -hmm. as a result of that, and coming from married people, you know, I come from a lineage of people. I think one of my uncles and aunts just celebrated 64 years. So that is my norm. So I went into marriage thinking that marriage is marriage. Like this is it. This is forever. We ain't doing nothing else. And so my ex-husband came from a family of divorce. And so when you are 19, 20 years old and you're getting with somebody, you're not having the necessary conversation to say, well, what does this look like for us long-term? And so he comes from a family where everybody's been divorced at least twice. His younger brother's on his third divorce. So as a result, We did not know, but we went to the altar with two different perspectives. I went to the altar thinking marriage is forever. And I think that he went to the altar thinking marriage is until marriage is not. And so as a result, you know, 29.5 years in, you know, Hmm. we ended up divorced. Yeah. 29 and a half years. 29.5. Because I let everybody know. Don't say 30. Because no. She does. She will tell you about that 0.5. (laughs) I'm going to make 30 with somebody else. But 29.5. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you think that couples, uh, Dr. Adrian, on the verge of divorce should try to go to therapy together or individually during the process of the divorce? I'm not saying to necessarily stay together, right? But as you guys are negotiating or the lawyers are going back and forth, just so you can have a better mental outcome afterwards. And then I'll throw that to you, Didi. Yeah, so absolutely. So I have clients who are actually going that I work with as they are going through a divorce, because as I say to them, you know, children become the casualty of the war. They didn't ask to be involved in this process or even to be born into this world. But as a result, when you are divorcing, it all starts with your mindset. So if you start from the perspective that we are, what we are doing is we are reshaping. And so now we have to reshape our family 
into what it will look like going forward because it's about to be different from what we've come to know it as. And so we can go through that process of talking about how do we still co-parent? How do we continue to provide the support emotionally for our children and for each other? Because I always say to couples, if you once loved each other, you don't have to part hating each other. But for so many people, because they've not dealt with the hurt that's necessary to deal with, they carry that, it becomes anger. And now we have this messy situation because people don't want to take ownership of how do we get here? Because marriages are going to succeed and fail because of two people. Maybe not the same at the same time, but it's always because of two people. Because if you got one person working on it and somebody else checks out, then we're not going to make it. If you got the other person that's working on it and the other person has now checked out, we just not going to make it. Both people have to be committed all the time of making it work. Absolutely. Didi, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? And do you think, you know, that would have even been a possibility for you all to go to therapy while you were in the process? It would have been a wonderful thing for not only me and my ex-husband, but my children as well. I think we all, I know we all needed therapy going through the process because yeah. there was a, a great deal of hurt mm -hmm. that we had to manage and, 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 and see through that to this day still affects our family. Yeah. So I know that if we had gone through some type of therapy, we'd be better co-parents, we'd be better friends, we'd be better ex-spouses, you know, it, it, and I've, I've seen other couples that where they're successful parents, you know, successful co-parents, you know, they go out on dates with their kids and, you know, they still got other wives at home and, but they're still maintaining some type of sense of, of family, family or that pre-existing family. Mm -hmm. And that's non-existence, non-existent in my relationship. And it is, it's, it's a hurtful thing that not only did I suffer a divorce, but my children suffered somewhat of a divorce as well mm -hmm. and nobody really you know when we're going through it it's not just us you know we we have we brought these other lives into this world that are affected by what happens in between our household mm -hmm. so we have to look at that from a, a, a totalitarian standpoint and if we're going to be whole and if we're going to part whole we have to do it in a very health, healthy and clinical way so that the outcome will be positive for all involved Absolutely. Now, Didi, did you find yourself being depressed or having feelings of depression and anxiety through the process or even afterwards? Because I know you've been divorced for, for a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I tried to pretend I wasn't divorced. I mean, I wasn't depressed because I didn't have time for that. <laughs> I had children that I had to, to take care of and I just, I just didn't have time for it. So I masked my depression. I, I suppressed my emotions and although my heart was hurting, you know, I still had to figure out how I was going to pay my bills, how I was going to be a mom, how I was going to get to all these dance recitals, how I was going to get to basketball practice, how, you know, just how I was going to get the kid to college. I had four different kids in four different age brackets. At one time I had one in elementary school, middle, high school, and college mm -hmm. all at the same time during this separation. Yeah. So for me, I was depressed, but was a functional depressed person yeah still carrying on and the result of that manifested in cancer mm. it manifested into a physical illness right because mm. i was masking the pains of my heart 
and that developed into calcifications that developed on my left breast right over my heart mm -hmm. and the only thing diseased in my body was my heart yeah and every time something happened you know you feel your heart just kind of you know you feel a ting in it you know just something every time you know there's a there's a a, a, a argument or something you know something that 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 affects you emotionally with regards to that marriage it just it just deposited into my heart mm -hmm. and the more i masked it the more i manifested that real illness yeah hey, can i just say one that i'm just so grateful that you were here with us today Absolutely. and that your cancer is in remission um as Absolutely. as your friend you know i am truly proud of you and i love you and i didn't even think about that adding that stress on and even being a manifestation of what you had gone through. Yeah. And so this is a first time for me even hearing that. And even the way you put it, 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 like, can you speak to that Dr. Adrian, like how that kind of stress and depression and anxiety can manifest into physical illnesses? Yeah, and that, that's what people don't realize. You know, if, if you have things going on inside of your mind at some point that are not being dealt with, either because you are, as Didi said, you know, suppressing them, don't have time to deal with them, whatever the case is, not given a platform to deal with them. When you continue to just press things down, they have to go somewhere. And so from our minds, by pressing them down, all we're doing is pressing them down now into our body. Mm. And so that's where then the diseases from our minds have to go and then to grow. So that's the way that I like to try to explain it to people, because a lot of times I deal with people who say, oh, I'm not depressed, but my head is hurting. I'm not able to sleep. I'm eating too much. I'm sleeping too much. And I tell them that those are all symptoms associated with depression. We try to look at them in isolation because we don't automatically assume that they are associated with depression and stress. And so Didi, like you, I developed, um, I developed what is called globus hystericus. So when people talk about a lump in their throat or they'll say, you know, I just feel so full, it feels like, so globus hystericus, your throat is a muscle. Mm -hmm. And so literally I developed a knot inside of my, inside of my throat because I was having six and seven panic attacks a day. So, uh, you know, I would not have classified myself as depressed because I had had years to grieve the marriage. I knew when it was coming to an end. I knew when I was filing. I knew all of that. And so I, you know, let other people in a couple of years before because people called us the Cosby's. And so I said, I got to give some people an opportunity to grieve this because I purposely did not talk about what I was dealing with over a very, very long period of time. And so I had already been to counseling through it. And, you know, I, I was just waiting on the day when my child turned 18 so I could do what I needed to do. And so I thought I was managing things very well. But the fight inside of the divorce was what I had not prepared myself for. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, I've worked three jobs, for 30 years, got four kids, three have gone through college. We done had a wedding. We done had a baby shower. I've taken care of all of this. And so now that I'm saying 
it's time for me to go. I'm thinking he was going to be on board, not recognizing that, no, that meant your train was pulling into the depot and you were going to have to hop off. And now what you going to do? And so as a result of that, I was not prepared for the fight. And inside of the fight is where I then started to experience depression on another level because I didn't understand, well, what are we fighting for? Like, I'm, I'm thinking we were going to get to this point and it was going to be like, eyes free, like a slave, eyes free. And that was not what happened. And it was like, he started to fight me even harder. And as a result of that, you know, I ended up in the emergency room and they were like, you don't have any symptoms of the flu. You're not, that's not what this is. They sent me to my primary doctor. He said, you have globus hystericus. Your throat, literally, that muscle has locked up. And I could not swallow for about seven days. Couldn't eat anything. You know, and it was painful just to swallow. So it, it, you know, things manifesting in our body as a result of what's in our mind is very, very real. And so we cannot ignore those symptoms when they come. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask both of you because you both are mothers. How? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to frame it. Okay, how did you consider the children? Like, and when did you know that that was right? Is it a conversation that you have with them? How did it affect your children? Like, um, how did it affect your decision-making of how to progress through the marriage or not? Um, How did that look? And then how did that play into the emotional status of how you felt dealing with it? Well, with me, I, you know, I dealt with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. that my kids lived through me with. They, they, they walked this walk with me. They mm-hmm. saw what was going on. So my, my oldest daughters were like, mom, what, what we gonna do? <laughs> you know, right. uh, we gotta make a plan because this can't keep happening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so they were mature about the situation and actually really helped me and were part of my support system in making the decisions that I made. So when it was time for me to make my exit and as I was preparing, cause it is a plan, you have to prepare. Mm-hmm. When you're, especially when you're in domestic violence situations, yeah. you have to take your time and create a real workable plan when you have to leave a situation, especially when it's life or death. Mm-hmm. So. I I was fortunate enough that I had kids that understood and were compassionate and mature and were, we we have great communication. So my daughters are like my sisters, you know, and I know they say parents are not supposed to be the kids friends, but no, we're not friends. We're, we're in a very tight relationship, you know, and when it's time for the roles to switch and they had to step up and and show who they truly are, they were like, mom, we're with you, Mm -hmm. whatever we got to do whatever we got to do to make this right for all of us, we're going to do it. And we're going to be here for you. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, I think I have a very fortunate situation. My younger kids just, but they were just along for the ride. The four-year-old and the, the seven-year-old, they were just like, whatever. <laughs> we're going with your strength. <laughs> Did that give you a certain type of um, strength and emotional uh, support, I'd say? I, almost definitely. To have to, your kids on board. Yeah. It's like, mom, we're rolling with you. You know, we love that, but we're rolling with you. And, and we're not we're not here to take sides, but we're here to support. It, it helps. And when we first separated, my kids stayed with their father. They stayed in the house. 
until a certain period of time because they were still in school. We had, there were whole lots of things that had to be unraveled. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just a a matter of, oh, I'm taking my kids and I'm leaving. No, (laughs) it doesn't work. It didn't work like that. Yeah. Still had to create some type of normalcy and some type of balance for those kids to have a successful school year and to be able to to make this work for all of us. Yeah. And and I think that in my situation, you know, of course, it's the therapist hat Mm -hmm. and then it's the mommy hat. And so I remember the day that I decided that I was done, August 25th, 2015. And so that was the day that I knew, okay, this is coming to an end. I want a divorce. And so because his response to me was, you're going to have to pay me child support and alimony, I was like, am I supposed to do that? I'm already working three jobs. I can't fit in four. Uh, Because in my mind, I literally could not process even what he was saying to me. And so that was when I knew, okay, so I got to stay in this because my baby was 13 at the time. So Didi, you and I have so many similarities because I had one that had just finished college, in college, one in high school, one in middle school. So at all four levels. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I remember talking to my boys first. And so I talked to my boys, we were going to Tuskegee for Father's Day. My daughter had gotten married. So she was in California, had not talked to her. And so I asked them, you know, if your father and I were not together, how would that if at all impact you all? Kind of gave them all an opportunity to talk. And so what was different is that my first two are 17 months apart, and then there's four years between two and three, four years between three and four. So number three and four kids have consistently said they don't know the parents that the other two talk about. They did not experience an environment that is this loving environment, because by the time they were old enough to understand some stuff, I had taken the mask off. And so I was like, you know, I'm not playing these reindeer games no more. I'm not happy. I'm very unhappy. I'm pissed off in my situation. And so they heard some things, saw some things. They saw me going out with my friends and not with him. That was a different experience from what the other two saw when I was still in that commitment of you get married and you stay married. And so then you make this work and you do all these things. And so even though a part of my having the conversation was because I wanted to know how they felt, that was not going to impact my choice to divorce. Because I tell people all the time, you don't stay married for the children. You stay married because you want to be married to the person you're married to, because at some point your children leave. So my having the conversation with them was because I knew I needed to begin preparing them. Just like I did with my parents, my good girlfriends and friends and all that, because I had to give people an opportunity to grieve it. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Real. Ooh, this, I, I, I tell y'all, this podcast episode is going to bless so many people. And I, I just heard another episode. We're going to have to come back and do part two because- I do think there a lot of people stay married just for the children. And so I really would like to make that into another episode. So if y'all are both open to this, maybe we'll come back and bring in one more person and do a part two to this, because I think it's going to be really important. So we just have time for two more questions. Um, Dr. Adrian, 
what's the difference between situational depression and clinical depression? And is there a difference? Well, yeah, there is a difference because when we talk about clinical depression, what we're really talking about is a chemical imbalance. Okay. And so, um, and, and they, they're different, but they're the same because situations can cause your body to have a chemical imbalance as well. But typically clinical depression is what we're talking about in terms of long-term treatment. Situational depression is specific to the situation. And so typically when the situation has had a time to dissipate, then the depression dissipates. When we're talking about clinical depression, because of that chemical imbalance, we are usually talking about something that is more biological. And so the impact is different and usually has to be treated with some form of medication that will balance you off, whether that is an herbal remedy or prescribed medication. And so a divorce is a situational issue. Absolutely, Absolutely it is. Absolutely. So, uh, so this will take me into uh, my final question for both of you all um, as we talk about remedies and ways to cope. So I've read about some tips to recover, recover rather from divorce depression, right? One could be writing a goodbye letter, mm-hmm. you know, kind of getting it out there and whether you show your spouse or your ex-spouse a letter or not, just getting it on paper is good. And then writing a hello letter for your new life, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of what that's going to be like. Um, and then start paying attention to the conversation that you're having with yourself, encouraging yourself, you know, for what lies ahead. And then also still engaging in human touch, because after you get divorced, you know, you're going to have that need. And those are just a few things, obviously, outside of therapy and other stuff. So, Didi, can, can you give us any tips um, that you would recommend for even di- divorce sadness, right? Because everyone may not be depressed, but you go through these prolonged periods of sadness. What, what would you recommend? Um, to, to just work on your heart. For me, I had to love extra. Like I always tell everybody, all my friends, I love them. Like, I love you. I love you. I just had to transfer my love to, to, to away from my ex to my friends and my other people. So in an effort not to close my heart. Because it's so easy to take a broken heart and close it. Yes. Ooh, you know, forget this, forget love, I ain't gonna do this, you know. And you you start having all these narratives in your head, you know, I'm not good enough, nobody's gonna love me, I got all these kids, you know, I'm 50 and I'm single, like, oh, you know, <laughs> 30 year olds are taking all the 50 year olds. <laughs> aged out of the game and and then it's the things that you were told in your marriage you know those things run through your head ain't nobody gonna want you you know i don't know what you're thinking gaslighting you know (laughs) it's all of these things run through your head so you have to fight that narrative in your head and you have to work to change it you have to say i am enough Mm-hmm. I am beautiful. I'm not too old to have another relationship. Right. Y'all got these four kids, but they grown and now I'm free. You know, <laughs> my okay. man ain't gonna have a lot of time to deal with me because we're not gonna have no kids to deal with. Okay. So take this situation and look at it from, from another angle. You have to change the narrative and never, never cut off love. Because mm-hmm. once you cut off that love, not the receiving, but the giving, mm-hmm. then you're doing yourself a disservice. You have to continue to love through the process, no matter how hard it is. That's right. And quickly, are you seeing the therapist currently or have you as a result of your divorce? No, I've never seen the therapist. And I was going to talk to Dr. A and see if she needed a client because, 
you know, through this all, you know, <laughs> I, even now in the relationship that I'm in, you know, he can't be my therapist, you know, <laughs> although we have great communication and we can talk about anything and it's totally night and day, like me and his ex-wife are friends. We talk on the phone, we text, you know, we share a kid. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's very opposite of my divorce, mm -hmm. you know, where me and my ex-husband don't have a real good relationship. Mm -hmm. We don't, I don't have a relationship with his ex-wife at all, mm -hmm. but it was de designed by him, mm -hmm. you know? So I know I'm not the problem because mm -hmm. on the flip side, I can call my ex, my, my new dude's ex and be like, Hey, what you doing? You want to mm -hmm. go grab lunch? Love it. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, I, I, I do need therapy because I want to maintain my next relationship, my, the relationship that I'm in now, I want to maintain it from a healthy perspective. I don't want to bring all of that baggage mm -hmm. and, and insecurities and, and, and things into it that are negative when it's a very positive and healthy and loving situation. That's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And 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 I must say you're a glowing darling. And, and I wish you peace, blessings, and therapy. And uh the God's blessings will, will definitely shower on you because you're such a good person. And, and thank you for bearing your soul um about your personal experience with divorce. Dr. Adrian, parting words and thoughts on wellness after divorce depression. Yeah, you know, I am, of course, an advocate for all things manifestation. And so we have to be so careful about the things that we speak into the universe. And a lot of times what we don't recognize is that even though they may not come out of our mouths, if they are floating around in our minds, we are still sending that energy out into the universe. So it's very important that, you know, as a part of your healing, you learn to get in touch with yourself and to separate who somebody told you you were from mm. who it is that you honestly know that you are mm -hmm. and continue to work to become the best version of that person, recognizing that for the first time, you are the only measuring stick that you have to meet. And so surround yourself with people who can love and support and appreciate who you are, flaws and all, mm -hmm. not feeling like you've got to continue to retell your story because you don't have to. It was a part of your journey. It is not your, the end of your journey. So you don't have to continue to do that. Yes. But that piece of manifestation is so important. I've been praying for my future husband when I had the other husband. <laughs> and so I have a letter to my future husband. My daughter says I have an altar built in my room uh, <laughs> because it has a picture frame of us on our wedding day. It's, it's empty, of course, but it did. It still says Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, so I have all these, I have a, a couple's Bible, of a devotional Bible. So all of this is over there because I say to God, you know my heart. I believe in the institution of marriage, but this time I'm letting you pick instead of me picking to make sure we got the right one this time. So, you know, we just have to continue to put positivity and energy out into the universe. If you send out love, love is what you get back. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Tell, tell everyone how they can reach out to you, Dr. Adrian. And if you're accepting clients, you know, what that number they can call or email they can use. Dee, Dee is ready with pen in hand. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you can listen. They can reach me um, on social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Dr. Adrian, and that's spelled out. And then on Facebook, Couchversations with Dr. Adrian, Black on the Block, True Black Essentials. I got a couple different groups uh, going on on Facebook. And uh, my office number is 404-766-2211. So uh, I'm out there. I'm reachable. Thank you. And, uh, Love you know. So appreciate you. Instagram. I'm Peaches the Queen on Instagram. So she about to follow you in a minute. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Didi, any other um, ways for us to reach you or any, anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Peaches the Queen. You can follow me there. You can see my journey of transformation. You know, I am free. I put out, I, I, I'm very encouraging and inspirational. I have people that I touch, I put out intentional messages about just everything, just how you think, energy, you know, if, be who you want to be. Don't be, don't be afraid to love. And the most important thing is that you are not defined by your situation. Mm -hmm. not defined by it that yeah. is not who you are mm -hmm. well we need to connect because i'm doing a show love after divorce i'm on it uh-huh yeah <laughs> we're gonna have some real real conversation <laughs> i bring my boo too he, he's a divorcee as well so we both okay yeah i love it i love it free tell everyone how they can reach you um i am at free the vision everywhere so anywhere you are at free the vision and I am your host, Shanti Das. You can reach me at Shanti Das 404 on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us at Silence the Shame on Instagram at Silence TH Shame on Twitter and Facebook. Our website is www.silencetheshame.com. Check out our resources, check out our content. We do community conversations, this podcast, self-care Saturday, wellness activities, you name it. We are in the community trying to spread the good word of emotional health and wellness. You have been tuned into episode 39, Divorce and Depression. This was awesome. We're gonna be bringing you part two, ladies and gentlemen, because it was just so much good information shared and we're gonna pull in some other folks, but uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you um, subscribe to the Silence Chain podcast. What else they need to do free? We need you to rate, subscribe, share, and comment as much as possible, please. Yes. Engage with us. Let us know what you think of these topics and, and just share. We love that yes. kind of feedback. We need to get some sponsors in 2021. I'm claiming it. I'm putting it out there, Lord, as we continue right. to do his work and, and the universe's work around emotional health and wellness. So we want you guys to be safe, be blessed, take time, save a life, and silence the shame.